Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join it in progress. Look at Acts chapter 4. We're going to start there in verse 5. And the context is, is Peter and the disciples had healed this man, this lame man there at the temple. And when they healed him up, they got arrested for it. And they threw him in prison. Now they're bringing him out. They're bringing him out, the, the Sadducees and the, the high priest. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Sophias and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Healed this man up there. See, they're wondering, how are you doing this? What name are you using? Look at verse 8. Then Peter, Peter, notice it says, Filled, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God has raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Man, that's bold. Right to their face. You can see him pointing a finger. Guys, I'm here this morning. I want to preach this morning on verse 8. Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to preach this morning on how to be filled, how to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to pray that uh, your words will be preached, Father God, and that Jesus Christ will be glorified and lifted up, Lord God. I ask that your Holy Spirit, He'll move among us, lead us, guide us, direct us, Lord God, into all truth, Lord God, in a hedge of protection. will be built around every heart, Lord God, underneath the sound of my voice. Lord God, if there's somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, Father, I ask you to speak to the heart right now. Lord, let them know that you've died for their sins and that there's a free gift. All they need to do is receive it. Lord God, I ask you to help us to understand how we can be closer to you, Lord God, and how we can be more full of the Holy Ghost. Thank you so much for loving us and taking care of this little church. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. How can you be filled with the Holy Ghost? We were studying in Sunday school, and, and, and Paul told us you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's a filling now. Understand, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit. The moment you accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in. Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit comes in and starts to dwell in you. But you can quench the Holy Spirit. You can put a damper on it. It's like a faucet. You can turn that faucet and you can turn it off. Or you can turn it on. And what we want to talk about this morning is we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we want to find out how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit. We'll, we'll scoot down to verse 23. So Peter and John and the disciples, they are let go. And when they're let go, 
verse 23, And being let go, they went to their own company, to the church, and reported all, and all the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that they lifted up their voice, when they had heard that, excuse me, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. So here's how you can pray to have the Holy Ghost be full in your life. Here's how you can pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to do it by prayer. Okay? Here's how you pray to have the Holy Spirit fill you. Here's the prayer they pray. With one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. First off, you need to do in your prayer life, you need to pray and you need to recognize God as the creator of all things. You need to pray and say, God, you are an amazing designer. God, you're an amazing creator. God, you are wonderful. And you being God are above all things and you know all things and you are the creator of all things. You need to recognize God as a creator. That's why it's so dangerous as a Christian to get to believing in evolution. To take any glory away from God is very, very dangerous. It's real hard to be full of the Holy Spirit when you're believing in evolution. Listen, when, when a scientist or somebody comes along and tries to give you that garbage about evolution and they're, they're trying to shove that stuff down your throat and you say, well, I don't understand everything. Well, you know what? They don't understand everything about the Bible. So when you've got to pick over between evolution and science and the Bible, always pick the Bible. Always pick God. And say, you know, I don't understand it, but I'm going to believe it. Because I know enough about God to know this. He's the creator of all things. See, that's, that's the prayer you start with. So the first part of this recipe is you've got to pray and recognize God as He made the heaven, the earth, and sea, and all that in them is. Look at verse 25. Who, by the mouth of thy servant David, hast said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The second thing you need to do is what they just did. They quoted verse. They quoted scripture. They recognized God's words. God's Bible. In your prayer life, you not only need to recognize God as a creator, as an amazing, incredible designer, but you need to recognize God has spoken something and is written down somewhere. See what he says? Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, David was the one that wrote it, but you said it through David. You see what they're saying there in their prayer life? They're recognizing that, hey, it was through David, but by the mouth of thy servant David has said. Thou said it through David's mouth. So you need to recognize God has words and they're written down somewhere. You need to recognize that and acknowledge that. And guys, quote that in your prayer life. Quote the Bible. You, got, you, need to, you need to get a hold of some of those promises of God, and you need to quote those verses back to God when you're praying. Amen. God, you know, when I'm praying to the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, you said to cast all your care on you because you care for me. That's in Peter. Lord, I'm casting all that on you because I can't, I can't handle this, Lord. You've got to quote those verses. Remind God what he said. You've got to remind him. I mean, years and years and years ago, and this shows you how long ago, years ago, I was down in Austin, and that's when the Dallas Cowboys had their training camp. And it, they had their training camp down there, and I was trying to get Michael Irvin's autograph. I wanted Michael Irvin's autograph. Why? I had no idea. I'm lucky, I'm lucky, he, didn't, I'm lucky he didn't sign it in cocaine. But 
I wanted his autograph, and he was coming out for practice, and you would sit along this fence, and I said, hey, Michael, Michael, Michael. And he looked at me, he goes, I'll be back. I'll be back. Well, that's, you know, like 7, 30, 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, by the time they get through with practice, everybody else has got out of bed, and they're lining that fence, and it was cram-packed. Everybody's lined up, and he's going along, and he, he's, he's signing this, and he's signing that. And I said, hey, Michael, Michael, Michael. I said, you promised. And he looked at me and goes, yeah, I remember. See, I used his words against him, and he came over there, and he signed what I had. That's what we need to do to the Lord. Hey, Lord, you remember what you said? Call him out on it. Amen. You need to remind God that he said something and you acknowledge that he said it. Amen. So many Christians don't, they forget that this is the God's very words. Amen. Amen. You want to be full of the Holy Spirit? You better get in his word. You better get in it. Verse 26, the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed, uh, excuse me, anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. The third thing you need to remember when you're praying and asking for the Holy Spirit, be full of the Holy Spirit, you need to remember that the Lord's will be done. Verse 28, for to do... All this stuff happened in verse 27. Herod and Pontius Pilate. and All this stuff happened because why? Verse 28. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. You got to remember, God, I'm praying I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. I know you're, a great, I know you're an amazing creator. I recognize you got words. You're quoting God's words. And you, but Lord, I want your will to be done. I want your will to be done. Jesus Christ in the garden, knowing everything he knew was going to happen to him, what did he pray? Lord, not my will. Father, but thou wilt be done. See, that's the prayer. That's the prayer, man. No matter where you're at in your life, I don't care where you're at in your life or what's happening to you right now. As a Christian, you need to pray, Lord, I don't understand, but Lord, your will be done. And you've got a will. And you want something done in my life. And your will be done, Lord. What was God's will for Jesus Christ? To get beat and whipped and crucified. That don't sound like any fun to me. Don't sound, don't sound like any kind of fun to me. But that was God's will for Jesus Christ. But we know now that was the most beautiful and amazing thing to ever happen in this creation. Because that was God on the cross dying for mine and your sins. Man, what wonderful things came out of the crucifixion. The world has never been the same. I don't care if you're an atheist or you're a Christian this morning. You have to admit, since Jesus was hanging on that tree, this world has never been the same. Amen. But that was God's will. That was God's will for that to happen. And you need to acknowledge that God has a will and you don't want to go against his will. And you want his will to be done. Look at verse 29. And now... Lord, behold their threatenings. The fourth thing you need to remember is, remind God and acknowledge God, have God acknowledge, Lord, I have enemies, and you have enemies too, and they're threatening me. Guys, we're in a battle. You might have came in here this morning, you might not realize it. You're a soldier of Jesus Christ. You're in a war. There's a spiritual war going on, and you're in a war. 
You see it in the world in America. You see the war going on. There's a war going on. There's a fight. Guys, that's just what's going on in our sight, what we can see. You can't even imagine the spiritual war going on all around. There's enemies. You've got an enemy. The Bible warns you, you've got an adversary walking around like a roaring lion looking for whom he can devour. He wants to devour you. He wants to kill you. And you didn't recognize that in your prayer. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I've got enemies all around me. You need to be full of the Holy Spirit. You don't need to be weak right now, Christian. This ain't the time to not be full of the Holy Spirit. Right now, in this day and age, you need to be full because the enemy is hard at work. And he's not only your enemy, he's God's enemy. And that's what you're praying. You're saying, Lord, the enemy of mine is the enemy of yours. Your enemy is my enemy. Always remember that. A friend of God is a friend of yours. An enemy of God, guys, that's your enemy. And when you pray, say, fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. I've got enemies. (laughs) They're threatening me. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. So that's the fourth thing you need to pray. And look at the middle of verse 29. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Amen. Amen. See, that's a great prayer. You're praying all this stuff. You're leading up to it. And then what are you saying? You're saying, Lord, give me the boldness to speak what you want me to say. I've got enemies that are after me. Because what happens when enemies are after you? You tend to run. You tend to get scared. And you need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Because you need to speak some things for God. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak whose word? Thy word. Not your own word. We're not talking about being bold enough to speak what you want to say. I want to be bold enough to give my opinion. Who cares about your opinion? I want to know what God has to say about something. God wants you to tell what He has to say about something. God wants you to be so full that it's flowing out. See, if you're right here, if the Holy Spirit's right here in your life, you're not full. If it's right here in your life, you're not full. You want it to be right here so it'll flow out. That's what God wants. Keep your finger here, but turn to John 7. Jesus talked about this. Jesus talked about this in John 7. Turn to John 7 real quick, quickly, and we'll we'll come back. John 7, look at verse 37. He wants to fill you up so he can flow out. He wants to fill you up so he can flow out. Not you flow out. He doesn't care what your opinion is. He doesn't care what you want to do in life. He wants to do something with you. And guys, it's all tied to your mouth. It's your mouth. It's not, hey, I want to use you to go. He might not necessarily want to use you to go across to a mission field. Guys, he wants to use you right where you're at and have you open up your mouth with his words. That's what he wants. That's what God wants you to do. Look at verse 37. John 7, verse 37. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me... As the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Wow, what is that? What's living water flowing out of somebody's belly? That's the strangest thing. What's he talking about? Look at the very next verse. Verse 39, but this spake he of the Spirit, 
which they that believe on him should receive, and you have. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus is glorified. The Holy Spirit is given, guys. You're full of the Holy Ghost. How's that living water, that Holy Spirit, he spoke, how does that flow out of somebody's belly? It flows out right here through your mouth. It's like the, the top of it is you just spewing it out. God wants to fill you up so you'll flow out with his words. Here's the problem. We're not full of the Holy Spirit. That living water is like a faucet and we've got it here and we're just kind of turning it off. The things we do in our life, we just turn that Holy Spirit, we, we, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And every time we grieve the Holy Spirit with the things we're watching on TV, with the things that, other things that come out of our mouth we shouldn't say, the things we hear, the things we see, mostly the things we say, we're just taking that and we're just grieving the Holy Spirit and it's like somebody's taking that old faucet and we're just turning it off. Guys, you need to start praying saying, God, I want you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. You want that faucet to be cranked. You want that thing to be cranked. You want that thing to just be flowing. You want that thing to be flowing. You want those living waters to flow out of your belly. That's the Holy Spirit. God wants to fill you up so he can flow out. Turn back to Acts chapter 4, please. Acts chapter 4. He wants to fill you up so he can flow out. He can flow out. His words. Read it again. And granted to thy servants, verse 29 of Acts chapter 4, that with all boldness they may speak thy, thy word. Verse 30 is the sixth one. Here's the sixth one. Verse 30. By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done. The sixth thing you need to pray for is, Lord, do a miracle. Lord, do a wonder. There's nothing wrong with praying for that. Guys, we get down here on Wednesday nights and we pray for some people that have cancer that it would be a miracle if they get healed. But I'm going to keep on praying. I believe God can heal them. If it's His will. Why are you wasting your breath, Keegan? Because when that person does, and we've had it happen here, amen, when something miraculous does happen, (laughs) I give Him the glory. He's got the glory. Why would God want me to pray to Him? So I know, when I pray to Him, I know exactly where it come from. Amen. And, he know, and I know who gave it to me. It's God. It's God, that's why I pray to Him. He gets the glory, not the doctors. Hey, the doctors have the glory because God's given them the wisdom to do what they do. And I appreciate them having enough brains that God gave them to do what they do. And I appreciate that about them. But hey, they got the wisdom from God. God gets the glory in the end. He always does. There's nothing wrong, Christians, for asking for a miracle. What you worried about? You worried about God's not going to answer it? Why don't you call God out? (laughs) Hey, it seems impossible, Pastor. Yeah, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Hey, that's Jesus Christ saying that. Guys, there's nothing wrong with asking for some of this stuff. You know what's going to happen? I really believe we're going to get up to heaven. We're going to heaven, we're going to run into Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is going to say, I would have done so much more for you, but you never would even ask. Amen. Amen. You just, all you had to do is ask. Amen. But what are we afraid of? I don't know what we're afraid of. But these guys, this is New Testament, amen. New Testament, full of the Holy Spirit, praying, asking God. We want to see some wonders. 
There's nothing wrong with that. And then the seventh thing you need to pray is, end of verse 30, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Lord, I'm praying all this. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit through all of this for Jesus Christ to get the glory. It's by Him, Lord. Lord, you're an amazing creator. Your words are amazing. I acknowledge you've been speaking to me through men. David, you've been giving me all these things, Lord. I want to speak boldly for you. For the glory of Jesus Christ. Man, that's, a, that's amazing. You pray prayers like that, my friend, you will get full of the Holy Spirit. Amen, you'll get full of the... So we, you might ask me, okay, Brother Keaton, how am, if I pray a prayer like this, how am I going to know that I'm full of the Holy Spirit? What's the first initial evidence of being full of the Holy Spirit? You've ever heard that before? Here it is, verse 31. You can know, guys. You can know. I'll tell you how you can know. Here, let's look at some of these. I'm quickly going to give you, I'm quickly going to give you five things to know you've got the full, you're full of the Holy Spirit. Verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. You know how you're going to know you're full of the Holy Spirit? Because the world's going to shake up. You're going to get the world shook up. Things are going to start shaking up in your life. When you pray and God say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Move, I want to glorify Jesus Christ. Guys, your world's going to get shook up. It might not be what you're expecting, but the world's going to shake up. They were, it was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. There's that feeling we've been talking about. Look what that says there. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Woo! They spake the word of God with boldness. That's the first initial evidence being full of the Holy Ghost. You're speaking the word of God with boldness. Remember when you first got saved? A lot of y'all first got saved and you accepted Jesus Christ. The Lord said, remember how bold you were? Remember how quick you were to tell somebody about being saved? No, Rylan. That sweet sister there, she got saved recently. And we were down there at the courthouse holding up scripture signs. A lot of y'all come down there and helped us hold up scripture signs. And I was over there taking, Brother Ronnie had to go somewhere. And I was over there taking his spot. And I was holding up scripture signs over in the corner at the courthouse there in Hamilton. And I'm, I come around and I look over there, out there in the heat of the day. It was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 100 degrees outside. There's sweet little Rylan all by herself holding up a sign. By herself. Now, she, listen, she was over there holding up a sign by herself, standing over there by herself. Boldness. I can't get half y'all to come out there. Here's a little girl showing you this is what it's like to be full of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. Remember what Peter did there in verse, back in verse 8? Peter's so bold to talk about Jesus Christ and so bold. You understand what he's doing. What he's doing, and look at back at verse 8 when he's, when he's telling them everything about that. Look at verse, verse 10. But be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified. That's boldness. Verse 8 says he was full of the Holy Ghost. What was Peter doing before he was full of the Holy Ghost? He was cowering up in a room hiding out. They killed his leader. 
His leader's been crucified. He's afraid they're going to kill him. He rightly should believe that. They killed Jesus. There's a man that was healing everybody. What, don't you know they're going to kill you? And he gets full of the Holy Spirit. And what happens when he gets full of the Holy Spirit? He gets out in front of the, perp, the very people that crucified his leader, his Messiah, his Savior. He gets right there and points at them. You crucified him. That's what boldness will do for you. That's what being full of the Holy Ghost will do for you. That's the evidence that you're full of the Holy Spirit. They spake with the Word of God with boldness. Verse 32, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them, any of them that ought, things, uh, that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. The second evidence of being full of the Holy Spirit is this. There's going to be unity. There's going to be unity among the believers. I can tell when the Holy Spirit's moving in this church, we're all in agreement. We get an agreeing spirit, man, and there's things get done in this church. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. That's some people that are full of the Holy Spirit. Because when, when the Holy Spirit is full in you, you're going to be in a unity with other believers. You go, why? Because when you have unity, you're going to get something done for Jesus Christ. That's why so many people are sitting at home on the couch right now. Not in church. They're not full of the Holy Spirit. And they're not going to get any kind of anything done. They're not unified with the believers. And when you talk to them, they're so dry. And they got that faucet turned off so tight. You talk to them and say, I don't have to go to church. I can just sit right here and be close to God. You're not close to God and you're lying to yourself. Because when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to get off that couch and go do something for God. And when God's doing something, He's doing it through the church. Amen, He's doing it through the church. It's been like that for 2,000 years. Why do you think it's changed in 2016? When Jesus Christ was writing in Revelation chapter 1 through 3, 2 through 3, well, who was he writing to? Write this to the church in Ephesus. Write this, John, to the church in Pergamos. He's writing to churches. He didn't tell John, hey, write this letter and send it to that guy that's sitting over there on the couch. He's sitting at home. Write this letter to him. Jesus Christ says, write it to the church in Ephesus. You want that letter that Jesus wrote? You got to be in church. Amen. I can't get that through people's head. I don't want people so stubborn headed because they're not full of the Holy Spirit. It's real obvious to me. I'm not full of the Holy Spirit, but it's real obvious to me reading God's Word that I better get in church. That's where God's moving. That's where God's moving here. Look at verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have great grace on you. You're going to have the grace of God on you. Don't, doesn't, doesn't everybody want the grace of God on them? Amen. That's what you're going to want. That's what you're going to get when you're full of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. The fourth thing you need to know as an evidence is you, there's going to be a giving spirit. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be giving. And you're going to have a giving heart. So you're going to be bold to speak. There's going to be a unity of believers. There's going to be grace God's going to give you when you're full of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to have a giving heart. There's four evidences right there. Here's the fifth one. 
Look at Luke chapter 4, and this is closing. This will close us. Look at Luke chapter 4 quickly, and, I, I, and then we're closing here, I promise. Luke chapter 4. The fifth evidence of being full of the Holy Ghost is going to scare you. It's going to worry you a little bit, but don't be worried. God has something for you. <laughs> but I'm going to show you somebody else in your Bible that got full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Holy Spirit from birth. But look at Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus, that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, there He is, full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, and look, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Who led Jesus Christ out into the wilderness? The Holy Spirit. What's out in the wilderness, Brother Keegan? The devil. Waiting on him to tempt him, to try him, to get after him. He's full of the Holy Ghost, and immediately the Spirit leads him out into the wilderness. Here's the last thing you need to know about being full of the Holy Ghost. When you get full of the Holy Ghost, get ready. God's going to use you. He's going to lead you someplace you might not want to go, but it'll be the right place. He might lead you over to a mission field. He might lead you over to some kind of problem into your life. He might lead you to a confrontation with the devil and his workers. I don't know what the, what the Holy Spirit's going to do to you or through you. But when God fills you with the Holy Spirit, get ready. But I'm here to tell you, being around the Lord, working for the Lord, you've never served a better boss. Amen. You've never served a better boss. And if you're ever sitting, don't ever, as a Christian, ever sit at home and say, well, I'm bored. I like, sure would like to have something to do. God says, yeah, I'll give you something to do. Ask those guys up there on the wall. Those guys that are over in Norway, Africa, all over the world, Brazil. Brother Lethard's over in the Philippines. He's over somewhere where they're, they're sacrificing chickens to gods. He's over there this morning preaching to them. There was a time he was just like you sitting on a pew. Just like you sitting on a pew. And one day, you know what happened to that brother? He got full of the Holy Spirit. And God says, you know what, boy, I got something I can do with you. I got a wilderness I'm going to send you to. We need to be full of the Holy Spirit and do something for the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.